Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. Every emotion has a breath pattern. So, anxiety, think about when you're having anxiety. Are you really breathing? that much. No, you're shallowly breathing in your chest. That's where anxiety lives. When you're like all day at work, sometimes we don't even breathe because we're just like in fight or flight mode. And when you stop and breathe in through your belly, you're in the present moment and you're breathing like you should be. So anxiety can't live there in your belly. So it has to come up, has to come out and you, you let it go. And think about, again, every emotion has a breath pattern. Think about when you're in peace. Like, what is your breathing like? Are you breathing quickly? Or are you breathing literally like one breath per minute, right? So um, really just like think about like connection between your emotion and your breath pattern. And it's like how you're breathing is how you're living. Welcome back to another episode of the Detox Diaries podcast. Today, I am chatting with my friend, Kristen Ferrara of Aligned and Well, and she is a certified breathwork teacher and meditation coach, and she helps her clients to relieve anxiety and live in alignment with their highest self. And after years of personally struggling with anxiety and panic attacks, she stumbled across breathwork, and it completely changed her life. So she's become so, so passionate about empowering others to take control of their anxiety and become their highest self. I'm so excited to share this with you. We discuss everything from what it's like to struggle with chronic panic attacks, the benefits of breath work, the fact that most of us don't even know how to breathe correctly and what the correct way is actually to breathe, how what we consume impacts our anxiety and our stress levels, people-pleasing, rule-following, and the desire to fit in, and what our highest self really means and how we can start to align with ours. So again, I'm so, so excited to share with you. Kristen has such a like positive and fun, bubbly energy, and I think you're going to get so much from this episode, whether you are someone who struggles with anxiety or you're just kind of living with the run-of-the-mill anxiety that most of us experience. <laughs> this is just so helpful for everybody. So I am so excited to share it. Let's get into it. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Kristen was one of my really good friends from college and we reconnected recently. I mean, now it's been a couple of years that we've been doing this, but recently um, we both started our own businesses in the land of health and wellness. So I'm so excited to have you here and chat about so excited. So excited to be here. This has been a long time coming and I feel like all of our conversations are just literally a podcast. So <laughs> this really fits. <laughs> Totally agree. So I would love for you to kick it off by just kind of telling a little bit about yourself, your story, and what has brought you to doing what you do now. So I have always kind of um, struggled with different versions of anxiety, (laughs) I would say. And as a kid, it showed up as being afraid of sleepovers. um, And the fear, like the base fear of that was like, what if I'm awake? And um, no one else is awake. And like, I'll get, I'll circle back to that later. But that's like a deeper feeling of not fitting in um, or just fear of a lot of things. So then I was, you know, there was one point when I was little, I was afraid of my friend had a stomach virus and I was afraid of like throwing up and um, just little tiny things that I just reflect as an adult. Again, like looking back that weren't like a normal thing for a kid to think about, (laughs) um, just like irrational, like fears, like what if I fail this test? And meanwhile, I got a hundred on it. And, um, so it's like performance anxiety. Um, but I was so super quiet as a kid. Um, 
I don't know if you feel this way, but like, so I, I'm an elementary school teacher, but like usually the quiet kids don't get um, in trouble or the, the attention or the focus. And I, I really um, kept it to myself. So no, it was all just internal. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, targeted as anxiety, like my whole life. I didn't even know what it was because um, it came out different ways. So um, I would say um, senior year of college. Um, so Nicole and I, again, we went to Delaware. It was seriously the best four years of my entire life. Um, it's get, you know, um, looking back in nostalgia, but at, at the same time, um, I, I struggled with my anxiety really, really bad senior year. And it came out of nowhere. And I, again, I didn't even know it was anxiety. Um, so I was in a huge lecture hall of about 300 people. And um, so I all of a sudden just like felt like the whole half side of my face, the whole like half side of my body was going numb and it wasn't. <laughs> but our mind is so powerful. And I'm sure Nicole, you know, you know that <laughs> our mind can really our thoughts become things. There are thoughts become things. So I started freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. I'm gonna have, I didn't even know what I was having. Um, so I just got up in the middle of, of earth science or whatever, geology, sorry. And I was, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And like, everyone's just like, oh, she's going to the bathroom. Meanwhile, I'm outside like panicking, like, oh my God, I'm dying, I'm dying. It was just this fear that never happened to me before. Like this, my heart was pounding out of my chest. Um, I, it's, if you had a panic attack before you get it, if you haven't, it's, you feel like you're dying. Like, but you're like, like you're being chased by like the scariest thing you could be chased by, but there's nothing there. And that's the hardest part. So I called my mom and my mom I was like, mom, I'm dying. And she goes, <laughs> I'll never forget this. She's like, okay, so die, lay on the floor and die. And then I, <laughs> and you know, I was just kind of like, that was such a novel thing to me. I'm like, you're not worried about me? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And she kind of went and she's like, you're having a panic attack. And I didn't want to tell you this, but you know, as a kid, I had panic attacks and I start, I, as an adult, as a mom, I had panic attacks too. And she had never wanted to, tell me for fear that almost I would absorb it even if it wasn't coming to me. And I would create that reality even before. And she <clears throat> she was there for me that day. I'll never forget it. She's like, why don't you go to these, um, not student health, but it was like like the, the therapist at the school at that time. So I like went into the therapy building. I like was blacked out basically. I was just like shaking, afraid of chasing my own tail. Like I was afraid of myself. And I went in there and um, I was like, can I like book it, please? And like, literally my voice was so little, they didn't even hear me. They're like, what? <laughs> and um, little did I know that like, I wound up getting a panic disorder. I had a panic disorder that if you get one panic attack, um, it spirals, it could spiral into a panic attack like whew, every day for months. Um, I lost so much weight because again, looking back and now working with Nicole, like your nervous system, your body, every, if everything's not working properly, um, like your body and your mind are so connected. So I, um, my symptoms like every day where I would like, I loved eating like when I was younger, that was looking back, that's like a bandaid or like that was like my coping mechanism growing up because I would be the skinniest thing in the world. And then I would eat like a sleeve of Oreos. And like, if I was going through a breakup or anything like that, and food became like such an important piece for me um, of he my healing. So um, I would eat, eat, eat. And then it would just, for lack of a better word, it would just come right out. And I was like 90 pounds. I would put on my double zero Abercrombie shorts and they would just fall off me. And I remember just being like, how am I going to live anymore? Like, I never really like had thoughts like that, but it was just like, I can't believe like I have to live like this. And I would just look at people walking on the street and I would just be like, I would do anything to switch spots with that person just for like this one second. <laughs> and 
sorry, that's like bringing up a lot right now. <laughs> but um, to think that I'm here now, helping people through this and not even batting an eye and living a life that I never thought I would live, um, just in peace and happiness. And I had no clue that you have the ability to eat a certain way to help your mind, help your anxiety, help everything. Um, and it's again, working with Nicole um, in the past, like I didn't even know that like I was eating bagels every morning and like empty carbs and like everything that would give you anxiety, like as a child, like we all were eating like Captain Crunch and like <laughs> uh, Lucky Charms and like sending you, me off to school. And um, I always say, our parents will think of them as children of parents because again, I, I never like to say like, oh my gosh, my mom gave me like that cereal because that's all they knew. You know, that's all we knew. And luckily um, all the moms that I work with, Nicole, I know you work with a lot of moms too. Um, everyone is just so excited to use their knowledge to make a better quality of living for their children and their own life. So yeah, so that's that's a big part. And um, then I found, so I went to a therapist. Um, I remember I would drive home from Delaware all the way to New York just to see her. And my parents were willing to pay out of pocket for me. That's how scared they were for me. Um, it was like, you know, a couple, a couple hundred or just for 45 minutes of me being a little mouse being like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I'm afraid of my own shadow. <laughs> And then they, I would drive back, they were driving back to Delaware and um, they were the darkest times of my life. Oh, <laughs> this, this really, you know, this really reminds me of that. And um, then I went on medication um, and not to say I'm pro medication, but I totally understand what, if you're going through something or anyone out there is going through something, there are times like you don't have a choice. Like it was survival. It was like either that, or I would just like lose so much weight and like go off the deep end or I don't even know. But, um, so I went on medication and I, you know, I had struggled with it for a while and it just like, it kept coming up and up and up. And no matter how much therapy, how much medication, how much anything, like it, nothing healed the root of my anxiety. And I was just like, do people live like this? Like, how do we live like this? So um, what wound up happening is I, one day, um, I like found a meditation book and then I like went down a rabbit hole of like, there's books called like, wherever you go, there you are. It was like just such a not new idea for me of like going up. Spirituality just made me feel like all these books. I was like, all right, these people get it. Or like, I read a book one time, like, um, that your brain, like you have to learn to like, um, change your thoughts. And I was just like changing my thoughts. Like that's something that's automatic. That's something that's, that can't be helped. Like what the hell? Like you can't change your brain. Like I have a messed up brain. I have anxiety. I have a panic disorder. Um, and I found meditation and then I found breath work, um, or just like breathing. And I started just like taking these classes and I, it changed my life in a way that I, I was practicing it secretly for, and so ashamed of it, like this, like little weird thing for so long. And little did I know, like it's magic. <laughs> so breath work changed my life. And then, um, it really started to heal things in me, breath work, meditation. I think I probably read every single health self-help book there is. And, um, <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm like a sponge at this point, just like loving all the knowledge because, and wanting to now give it. So during COVID, you know, the, the idea that anxiety was now a more open thing. It was just like a, um, you know, it's like, I have a stomach ache. I have anxiety. <laughs> like it was just so mainstream that I was like, I can't believe I had to hide it <laughs> for so long. And I think it's so beautiful that it's so mainstream. And with COVID again, so I was 
pretty much feeling really good. Um, it's funny if you have anxiety or panic, you have that um, during times of chaos and like the world is ending basically during COVID, you don't have anxiety really, but you only have it, you have it when everything's like normal and you're just like, I'm dying in the middle of, of, of a geology class. <laughs> now, um, so basically during COVID, I, I felt like, I always felt different than everyone else. And I feel like I was, my purpose, my Dharma is, is being here at this time on the planet to help people heal. But I'm so at a point where I can help people now where I, because I have 30 years of, 34 years of experience now. So yes, so my purpose, my Dharma is really to help people with, with what I went through um, now. <laughs> and it's just become, it's so like mainstream and it's growing and every single person that takes my class or, or is just like new to spirituality and meditation, meditation, they're just like, what the hell just happened to me? And it's changed. It can transform your entire life, your entire mindset. Well, that's amazing. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. I know it's really emotional, obviously, to go back to the way it really felt in that moment. And I know normally you give your like quick little blurb in the beginning of a breathwork class, but like to really go more like deeper into the story, I'm, I'm sure is really sad to be thinking about the way that you felt at that time. Yes. And I think now it's nice too, like you were saying, because of with COVID and just in general, it is kind of crazy to think there was a time when anxiety was like, not a thing. <laughs> like, I just feel like now <laughs> it's so commonplace for people to identify with the feeling of anxiety, obviously in varying degrees, but I guess kind of just to talk a little bit about what you find with the people that you help, you find that it's people who are dealing with ex extreme panic things like you are dealing with, or kind of people who are just now starting to experience anxiety as like we as a collective are experiencing anxiety, like kind of how are you seeing that as people that, that come to you? So it's funny because I feel like it's less of the, the panic and it's more of this like something that could be hidden. And I didn't re even realize like everyone that comes to me is just someone that looks perfect on Instagram, someone who looks like they have kids and a family and they're so happy. And, um, you know, sometimes I, we all do the comparison thing, but every single person has a childhood, right? And we were all as children in one way or another, we didn't all get what we needed. And it has nothing to do with our parents, uh, has nothing to do with, you know, the world. We all can't get what we need. It's impossible. Um, again, think of your parents as children of parents. Like they didn't get what they fully needed at the time because there's work, there's, there's everything. They have to make money and all this stuff. They can't give you what you need in that moment. So what I'm realizing is everyone has their version of deep-rooted anxiety. And as a collective, I'm noticing um, society has really, truly taught us to numb in every way. And now that everything in the universe is coming to like a head, like as you can, you know, what's going on in the freaking world right now, on the news, everything, like COVID, now that COVID's kind of like moving and evolving, now it's even worse. So it's, there's no choice for everybody right now, but to something to come up for them, I feel. And um, you're facing yourself, you're facing your demons because there's nowhere to run. You know, you, you were forced to stay in the house and really deal with, you can't, you couldn't run from it. So what I'm noticing to answer your question in this flowery way is that most people are right now truly, I think, um, it's like a deep-rooted anxiety, depression that they don't know. Um, they can't sleep. They can't. It's like more. It comes up in those ways. Like, um, is there more to life than this? Um, fear of like 
now that we're getting older, um, you know, not in our twenties where we could do whatever we want anymore. Like now we're like thirties, forties, like we're getting to that point. I feel as though, um, it's like a fear of, you know, the future, um, things are catching up. So I think it's more like this longing, this unsettled feeling within who they are that comes out in all these different ways to the, to the answer to your question. (laughs) And I think, I mean, kind of to bring it back to the childhood thing again, like it's interesting because you said your mom had experienced panic attacks as well. And that you at least feel as though you kept your stuff hidden until it really bubbled to the surface in college. Mm-hmm. Did right. like in hindsight, did she see that as you were a kid? Like, did you kind of have conversations around that she had an inkling that it was probably bubbling underneath the surface or like how kind of, when you think back to your childhood in reflection, do you think um, she's aware of it? That's, I love that question. Um, something I just love about like having someone to talk about with this right now, or just having conversation around this is just like, it brings you to different places that you didn't even know. (laughs) So yes, um, my mom actually, her mom, so my grandmother, um, you know, came here from Austria, um, and were just like building a life for themselves. Like her, her father worked at Boar's Head and, you know, they were very like traditional German, like do what, you know, do what you're told. Don't sing at the dinner table. <laughs> that was my grandpa would just be like, no singing at the dinner table. And like, now I look at like my niece and she's like, ah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So like my mom, her mom had anxiety and so bad that they put her in like a back then there was no medication. There was nothing. They put her in like a, like a mental hospital for like a couple days. And like looking back, like there was no therapist. There was no, like you were crazy. (laughs) If you were, you couldn't just hold it all in. And so she knew that. Um, but she never, ever told me that until, you know, I was like 25 or something like that. But she knew I was an anxious kid. Um, but she said, I was like the perfect child. I never, she was like, you were so happy all the time. Um, I also do think I had a lot of like people pleasing behaviors down. Um, so she never saw it growing up. No, but I always knew, um, there's even a picture of me in Disney world when I was like 11. And this is the funniest story I have. Like, um, we all have like a lymph node right here. And it's like a little bump, right? And it's like, it feels like a pee that you can like move around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have cancer. I have cancer. And like, not to say it's, I'm not laughing about that whatsoever, but at the, to, to me, like a 12 year old, like, or 11 year old, 10 year old, I don't even know. I'm walking around Disney World, not telling my mom that I think I have cancer. And I was like, I don't want to ruin the trip for anyone. Like not normal, <laughs> but also like, so not okay to feel openly like that as a kid. Um, Whereas now I'm a teacher and we teach kids emotions. We teach kids how to regulate their emotions, how to express themselves. At that point, I felt like if I told my parents, they would be like, we're in Disney world, you psycho, like what's wrong with you? And then I remember going to the doctor, holding this in every day, writing about my journal, I'm dying. How do I tell anyone? And I wrote in my and I go to the doctor and they're like, it's a lymph node, honey. And I was just like, remember being like, how sad. Like, And I don't want anyone, any child to ever feel that way again. Um, so it's just so beautiful what's happening. And I know it's only happening now because there's no other way, right? Like we, there's no other way but through right now. So my goal is also, you know, helping children with breath work. And I have been holding some breathwork classes for literally kids that are even in kindergarten, um, preschool. And my niece is two and, and, you know, she's watching Daniel Tiger's neighborhood and they're teaching them how to breathe. So when people say just breathe, like when people say just breathe, (laughs) 
I want you to like remember my story and just, it's not just breathing. <laughs> That's why I'll never, ever, I hate when I see a sign that says that. I hate when I see home goods, it says like, just breathe or live, love, let anything like that. It's like, no, <laughs> like it's not something to take lightly. Um, it's a life changing tool that many of us were never even taught how to breathe correctly. Um, but, and I definitely want to get into breath work more specifically, but I do just have a question kind of personally out of curiosity, but do you think that part of the reason you wanted to become a teacher before this even fully bubbled to the surface is for that reason? To like support kids somehow, because you felt like you could have used something like that? Wow. <laughs> I never, ever made this connection. No, <laughs> but I feel drawn to children and I've always like, had a nurturing vibe um, and I've done so much like research, but like you tend to want to, as an adult, want to do what you didn't get as a child. And that really very well could be why I love kids. Um, I love how present they are, you know, and I've always been drawn to when I'm with a child, like just letting go of the world and just like being in there little world and that's present. So yeah, it's really, really a good point. I love that. And I do kind of want to get into like other things, like you have mentioned, like people pleasing and all of that kind of stuff. But I feel like at this point, we should at least talk about breath work a little bit because I'm sure everyone's like on the edge of their seat if they're experiencing (laughs) anything like what you've been talking about to understand what exactly breath work is and how it helps. So breath work is really just an umbrella term for anything um, using your breath intentionally and consciously instead of just using it as a survival survival skill. So um, the I've tried so many different types of breath work. Um, I was doing Kundalini for a while and I I still do. Um, I love Kundalini and and that's just um, under the umbrella of breath work. But um, The reason why I am teaching a different type of breath work is because the one that I teach, um, it grounds your nervous system. So um, it alkalizes your blood too. So um, as you're breathing in, um, our blood can be acidic or more alkaline and foods are the same way. So it alkalizes your blood so that in acidic environments is where like disease and illness and things like thrive like that. So we always want to keep our, you know, our body more, our blood more alkaline. So that's one thing it does. Um, it, but again, I always forget my audiences that these are all just more things, um, like for health, but I know my audience is usually, you know, anxiety, anxiety protection rituals. So, um, it grounds your nervous system. So it stimulates, as you're breathing, it stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically rest and digest. And then our sympathetic nervous system is fight or flight, which is what most of us are living in for our entire lives. Isn't that really just like, let that settle for a second. (laughs) Uh, Gets me just so angry. Um, But yeah, we, but that's what we were taught, you know, we weren't even taught the correct way to breathe. So the correct way to breathe is really just, if you want, we want to just quickly just try it is when you, when you inhale, your belly should be expanding like a balloon and holding it, just letting it like circulate in your body. And then when you exhale, your belly should be deflating and the air should be out of out and your navel should be towards your spine. And a lot of us were taught to breathe the opposite way. So just starting from there is like the starting point of all breath work. It's like, that's how you breathe. (laughs) Um, Which again, we weren't taught in school, but I'm now teaching my students like every single day we do breath work. And um, once you start doing it, um, it relieves anxiety, it relieves stress. And that's that those are the major reasons why all my clients come and then all the other benefits just come after. And the other benefits are, it connects you with your, your intuition. It connects you with your highest self. It puts you back in your body. It brings you present presence because 
anxiety is living in the future when your brain is living in the future. Depression, I always say, is like you're living in the past in your head. So it brings you to the present moment and nothing can touch you there. No panic attacks can touch you, anything like that. And what I love about breathwork so much is that your breath is always with you. Like you don't have to pop a pill. You don't have to um, do anything. It's literally, you can stop, you can drop and become anywhere. I love that. And I think, and I guess the main difference between like that belly breathing that you described is usually we're like, we're here we're in our chests and it's very shallow and we're not like exactly breathing. I mean, to be perfectly honest, even when I'm tried to belly breathe, I'm like, am I doing it? Like, I don't know, like ingrained in us to be breathing from our chest that it feels really hard. It again, it's like totally, it should be the natural way that we're wired, but all of the conditioning for years and years has totally transformed the way that we breathe. 1000%. And like, I always say that what you're saying in my class is that every emotion has a breath pattern. So anxiety, think about when you're having anxiety, are you really breathing that much? No, you're shallowly breathing in your chest. That's where anxiety lives. When you're like all day at work, sometimes we don't even breathe because we're just like in fight or flight mode. And when you stop and breathe in through your belly, you're in the present moment and you're breathing like you should be. So anxiety can't live there in your belly. So it has to come up, has to come out and you you let it go. And think about, again, every emotion has a breath pattern. Think about when you're in peace, like what is your breathing like? Are you breathing quickly? Or are you breathing literally like one breath per minute, right? So um, really just like think about like connection between your emotion and your breath pattern. And it's like, how you're breathing is how you're living. Totally. I feel like when I would have, so I had anxiety a little bit. I (laughs) thought it was asthma because of course me, I'm like, I don't go to my head. It's in my body. So I'm associating with that. (laughs) And something that I had heard was that we're always trying to like, like breathe in more air, but it's almost like sometimes you have to breathe out first. Have you ever heard anything like that? Um, or is that, can you just, (laughs) wait, can you just repeat that? Like the last statement you said, when we are feeling anxious, we're kind of like gasping for air almost, but sometimes we almost need to release first. Yes. Yes, exactly. So there's so many different, um, techniques. And I feel like a lot of that is like getting rid of all the, like, stuff inside of you first and then like letting the new air circulate so it's a lot like a breath hold you're like letting everything out and then you're holding it there because like you're just letting your body like get rid of it so that when you inhale and then you your breath hold all the new prana or the new fresh energy you're just really like letting it absorb yes i love that um so on that kind of topic, and you did mention how like the immediate results are taming your anxiety and bringing some calm when you can kind of connect to your breath. And that's obviously like what you were experiencing when you first started doing it. And then there's kind of more benefits that happened after that. If you can kind of walk through like what those benefits are for you, like maybe how it changed certain patterns for you or certain things in your life. And also kind of for people who are, this is like a totally foreign concept to them. How long does it take before you kind of start tapping into like the phase two of breath work? If you're someone that's really struggling with anxiety. Honestly, um, there's a lot of different techniques, but the one that I teach, um, it's like a triactive breath. It's circular, continuous breathing. Um, it's, it's so transformative. You'll feel that shift in your first class you'll say, um, you'll connect your intuition, your first class. So um, when we're breathing, we're present and we're tapping into like the mind knows how to go, sorry, the body knows how to go further than the mind. And um, I'll walk you through guided meditations and things like that, that I know will like 
make the process go faster for you than is it if you were just to do breath work and not do any any thinking after journaling or meditation but i try to like pull it out faster um and so i will basically guide you to say like who is your highest self and then a highest self is i always say it's not like this magical unicorn person in the future it's really like who you authentically are before society like told you who you are, told you what you need to do to be happy. Um, and really, it, like I help you tap into who that is so that you can integrate that in part of your life. And um, I, I teach you that like your thoughts are really just a story that you're creating. So your thoughts become things. And I teach you how to like manifest. And um, I've manifested so much into my life, including like my entire business aligned and well, um, because I used to just do breath work and visualize this person and here, I'm here. It's crazy. It's so crazy. But so manifestation, um, creating your own reality, um, healing your inner child um, so that you can not carry your shit into the future um, and create a new story for yourself and drop your self-limiting beliefs and change your thought patterns. Because when you change your breath patterns and um, you stay consistent with healing yourself, you attract a better life. Um, so those are just some of the, it's magical. It's so magical. <laughs> I love that. And I guess to kind of take it a step further, like what are some examples of kind of major shifts that you've seen in your life? Like if you were to look at high school, college, Kristen versus now Kristen. Right. So, <laughs> um, I was, I could explain it as like, you are in the back seat of a car and you're just looking at the scenery and you're not in control of anything of your life and you're following all the rules. Um, I was always like all the teachers like loved me because I was quiet, silent, always pretending to be happy. Um, and that's also what I realized through breath work. It's like, that's what I have. That's what you do to survive. You know, you want to be part of the tribe so that in, in past times, you didn't want to be like left alone and abandoned by the tribe and you wouldn't survive and you'd be eaten by a tiger. So people pleasing and following the rules is a form of survival. So I've been able to integrate that Kristen and say like, it's okay. Like we did it to protect ourselves. And, um, the new me is so, I'm not saying I'm like a rebel, but you know, I'm 34. I've been through so many relationships, which that's another topic for another day, I guess, but relationships were a way where I would like be like a bandaid or hide behind. I'm like, where's this person that's going to make my perfect life? Where's this person? And then I realized like, it's me looking in the mirror. That's the person. So, um, I would say like my rebellious is not being, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids yet or any of those things yet. I would love to manifest that into my life now, but um, I'm so much more, I have so much more self-worth. I have so much more self-confidence. And my main thing is like, instead of being in the driver, instead of being in the passenger seat, I'm driving the car every single day and I'm living life consciously, intentionally, and not for other people. Well, I think that is amazing. <laughs> That's such a huge transformation, like that I'm sure a lot of people feel like in a sense of whether it's being in the backseat or even just like, uh, yeah, like being a passenger in their lives of like not being present and doing the things that they want to do and being fearless to an extent, you know, that's not a word that you use, but that's a word that I would use for you. And I think mm -hmm. that that's amazing that that's something that breath work can really help people tap into. Right. And it is so simple. Exactly. And a, a term I use in spiritual awakening is the term, like, um, it makes, and if you're not into spirituality, like that's okay. Like everyone has an entry point with, you know, my, my technique is that I want to be relatable as much as possible. So, you know, I'm, if you don't want to go the spiritual route, I have a very like realistic, not to say spirituality is not realistic, but wherever you are, you can fit consciousness into your life, breathing, consistency, 
structure into your life to elevate yourself and not wait for something external to elevate you. Absolutely. So something that I ask everybody on this show, and I mean, definitely breathwork would be a part of this, but kind of what other habits, rituals, things like that, that do you have in your life that help to keep you feeling your authentic self, feeling your best so that you can, you know, be your best self in all situations. Exactly. I love that question. It's so important. Um, I always thought that like everything, a change has to be dramatic and it has to be like all or nothing. That's like my biggest thing. And um, I realize it's not about all or nothing. It's about the little annoying freaking things every day that you don't want to do. So I usually, um, I keep a journal. That's like a big, 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 I have like 50 journals. <laughs> um, so every day I write in a journal, I have a daily breathwork practice, even if it's literally three minutes of just sitting down in the morning, being conscious. Um, hydration is so important to me. Um, I'm constantly, thanks to Nicole, <laughs> I'm drinking water um, as much as possible. I love cucumber, lemon, mint water um, because when I'm not hydrated, I just make poor, poorer choices. So I would say meditation, daily meditation, daily um, journaling, three minute breath work, um, being mindful of what I'm putting into my body. I try my very best to listen to a podcast every day or like what you're ingesting, not only what you're ingesting, what you're um, surrounding yourself with. If you're constantly watching the news with all these terrifying stories and horrible things, you're gonna, your thoughts are gonna become that. And then you're going to have a different day. Um, so I'm really try to be very mindful daily of what I'm absorbing um, with the people I'm surrounding myself with and including, um, including what I'm watching, you know, like sometimes, you know, I always say like I was watching Sopranos and um, for a while I was watching all the seasons and I, it like literally became like the characters in it. I felt like I was in the show. I felt like I was, I would have nightmares about it. And then I like little things. I'm like, I could have this piece of bread. That person just killed someone. <laughs> like, so like, it's just it, literally what you're surrounding yourself with becomes the new bar sometimes if you're not careful um, and conscious. But again, like, you know, uh, you turn on the radio and it's like these horrible like lyrics to the songs and like we're singing them. And then it's like, it gets stuck in our head and, and that literally becomes our reality. So just being mindful each day of what I'm, what I'm surrounding myself with, not just food, not water, just everything. Totally agree. And I'm not anti-bread, by the way. <laughs> Just depends what bread. Um, so Ezekiel's crowded. Yes, exactly. All about the Ezekiel bread. Um, I did want to ask because I know, because I know you that you've been journaling forever because we've looked back at entries from like when you were 13. But oh my God. Really? So because that's been a habit for you through like so much of an evolution, how do you think that if it has, how has that changed? Like how you journal, what it does for you? So my journaling used to just be like a literally like a vomit of conscious stream of consciousness. It would be an extension of my feelings. Like, um, there's like an entry about like my basketball game and like my dad's face was glowing as I shut up the basket and got it in. Um, and it was all like people, it was like literally people pleasing. It was all just me trying to fit a mold. It's like, I am, I love angels. Like I was like writing, just trying to be, trying to find myself almost in other things, other people. Um, this boy likes me, this boy gave me attention today. And like now it's my journaling has, I love this question because it really, really helps me like integrate this. Um, my journaling now is all about me and all about, um, there's usually like an intention. There's like intentions that I'm trying to set now so that it becomes a reality. So if I don't want to, like, sometimes I'm just writing to brain dump. So it's like journaling brain dump is like writing down all your shit 
and it's scary to see sometimes, but it's like, you have to face your stuff sometimes. And then, but daily, I pretty much I'm writing what I'm grateful for. Um, so that I attract more of that into my life. Um, what made me have a good day. So it's just like helping me be conscious of like how my decisions and my daily day-to-day things are affecting my intentions, me meeting my intentions to align with my highest self. I love that. And something that I ask every guest on this show is what is a toxic thing that you have released that's had a major impact on your life? (laughs) I love this question because it could go so many ways, but of course me just thinking of my story, um, the most prominent thing that comes up for me is most toxic thing that I've given up is fitting into the mold. I don't care anymore. You know, who's around you that has to leave so that you can be true to yourself, follow your intuition and stop fitting a role that you think is who you're supposed to be. I think that's so great. I love that. Um, I'd love for you to just share what you have going on now, how people can follow you, work with you, any programs that you're running, all that kind of stuff. Cause I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that are <laughs> dealing with their anxiety. Yeah, definitely. So I do one-on-one sessions, um, via zoom, or I've been doing some home sessions, private sessions at home. Um, and I'll do like a coaching, um, either like one coaching session, or you can buy like a package of. That's truly what I've noticed. Um, if you're ready to really like take a deep dive and do the work, that's more like tailored and custom to like your root of your anxiety and your story. Um, then I also do um, private group sessions, you know, a group of, I love that, like a group of your friends or family over Zoom or in person. Um, I would come like to your house and like I've been doing one every single day this, this week, different families, husbands and wives, girlfriends, brownie troop leader moms, (laughs) um, just everything. Um, So I do private group sessions. I also do a weekly online class. So if you're far away, you can't do in person. I do every Monday on Zoom, a breathwork class for anxiety. That is just so powerful. Nicole's taken it many of times. Um, (laughs) Then there's the, I do an in-person class at a place in Long Island called the Wildflower Studio. Um, it's two of my girlfriends who uh, started started this place and it's phenomenal. Um, just check them out, Wildflower Studio. And um, I do a class there at once a month in person. Um, I also do kids breath work classes. So anything that, you know, there's, there's different price points, different entry points. Um, but again, I would love to work with you in whatever capacity. Amazing. And I would love for you to find me. You can find me on Instagram at aligned and well, uh, aligned underscore and underscore score well, um, or Facebook. Perfect. And we'll obviously link up to all of that stuff in the show notes. And I would love for you to also share how much your, your Monday night classes, just so people know like what the entry point is. Cause I think Yes. So um, the online class or the, yeah, the online class is $22. So it's, um, it's an investment. It's like a tiny investment that then sticks with you for your whole life. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. That's such a great entry point for people that is, is pretty accessible. So that's why I wanted you to share it. Yes. All right. Well, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sure people got so much out of this again, whether people are struggling with, you know, more severe things like truly panic disorders and stuff like that, and are searching for something like you were for years before you found breath work, or if they're just dealing with like the low level anxiety that (laughs) most people are dealing with at the moment, this is just such a great thing for people to learn about. So thank you so much for sharing and being so honest. Thank you. This was so wonderful. And I just, feel so elevated every time after we speak. So thank you. Well, I hope you got so much out of that conversation. Again, I feel like this is a topic that is so relevant to all of us in varying degrees. And I would love to summarize the takeaways. So 
first being we were all children once and at some point we didn't get what we needed and these wounds can lead to different ways that anxiety or other issues present in our lives. Breathwork helps us to release and begin to heal those wounds. Number two, breathwork also alkalizes our blood, grounds our nervous system, puts us in rest and digest and out of fight or flight, relieves anxiety and stress, connects us to our intuitions and our highest self and brings us presence. Number three, the correct way to breathe is to fill your belly so that it expands like a balloon on the inhale. And when you exhale, your belly should be deflating as opposed to shallow breaths in our chest, which is what most of us do <laughs> for most of our lives. I know, as I mentioned in the interview, it's, it's hard for me to even do it sometimes and connect to that true belly breathing. So if you're struggling with that too, it's totally normal. Number four, every emotion has a breath pattern and the way you're breathing is the way you're living. You can control your breath and therefore impact your emotions. Number five, your highest self isn't some perfect unicorn version of you. Really, it's who you've always been at your core before the influences from the outside world. Number six, small daily rituals like meditation, breath work, journaling, hydration, healthy eating are all ways to keep yourself grounded. Number seven, what you're consuming on all levels from foods, people you spend time with, the shows you're watching, they all have an impact on our thoughts, which create our reality. And number eight, people pleasing and rule following are survival skills related to a desire to fit in, a primitive des desire to fit in. But life truly begins when we get into the driver's seat of our life, live for ourselves, and stop trying to fit into a mold of who we think we're supposed to be. And another one that you know, I really take away from this too, is you don't know what's really going on with somebody inside. So just kind of being kind <laughs> to those around us because we really don't know what they could be struggling with. So again, I hope you got so much out of this conversation. I would love if you would share the episode with a friend that you think would benefit from it, or share it on social media. You can tag me at, at the detox.diaries. You could also tag Kristen at aligned underscore and underscore well and I would love if you're enjoying the show to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. it is the best way to support the show and I really really value them so so much and just value you being a part of this community and listening to the show so thank you again for being here and I hope you have a good one bye